Welcome, welcome, welcome to episode 178 of A Play on Nerds. I'm Jarman. Oh my word, I'm Steve. We're here to co-host the hell out of this thing. That's right. And in honor of the Blue Beetle, which I'm sure will be a smash success coming out in theaters uh, just this DC's triumphant return. (laughs) Of course. Finally putting Marvel in their goddamn place. (laughs) For good, I'm sure. Um, this, we're going to honor it by talking about some other super powered bugs, not unlike the blue beetle. And that is the bugs from starship troopers. Not the first one, not the second one, but the third one starship troopers, three marauders. So it's also a rule of three show. That's right. This is a rule of three in honor of blue beetle. And it's the best we could do. (laughs) So we're going to bring it to you hard. We've been getting good at that. If I do say so myself, just bringing it to people hard. (laughs) Oh yeah, that too. (laughs) I've been getting good at that. Uh, but I guess before we get into the, giving it to Blue Beetle Hard or whatever. <laughs> the public, yes. The public Blue Beetle Hard. Jeremy, uh, <laughs> what have you been up to since last time we talked? Well, before I even get into that, we actually have some feedback. Oh, we have feedback. I always skip it because you guys. I know. We should well, this is actually from two weeks ago, but we've been on a weird recording schedule. So I just now saw it on um, YouTube. We had a comment from the user JT8479 on YouTube, and it's from our way back episode of Copycat Cinema, where we compared Iron Eagle and Top Gun. Never say die, Iron Eagle. I can't remember the song from Top Gun. Never say die. Highway to the danger zone. I think I'll be for our singing, of course. Never say die. Never say die. So we get a lot of weird views on YouTube. Random videos do really well, and I have no idea why. And this is one of that's done pretty well throughout the time. We've gotten comments on it before, and now a random comment popped up. Um, as he says, uh, Iron Eagle is the better movie, better soundtrack, better story, better montage, better action scenes. It's my favorite eighties movie next to rad and over the top grew up with Doug masters and Jan Levinson. Uh, so I, I've heard great things, about over the top and rad, I've not seen either of them. Um, I think I saw over the top when I was a kid. Uh, so it was Sylvester yeah, Stallone probably. doing the, uh, arm probably saw it on TBS at some point. Yeah, that and like the the superstation. It was he's doing all the arm wrestling with his giant biceps and everything. So, but yeah, I think that's a consensus. A lot of people are coming to is that Iron Eagle was actually the better film. I don't know if that's a consensus. I mean, a lot of people like it a lot. Um, I think it's look, underrated. You can, you can look online and find thirty people that believe just about anything. That's all I'm saying. Eventually, we reviewed the Iron Eagle three. I think didn't we? Oh, my God. No, I don't think we did that yet because we didn't have a Top Gun on the other side to do it. But we could. Oh, no. Did we? We did. Because remember, like, the guy is dead. But then some reason some back. Chappie's back somehow, despite the fact that. Yeah. yeah okay. Oh, Chappie my God. We back, did that. We've been doing this a long time, folks. <laughs> it's like eight a years A long now. time. I've completely lost track. Even before this, when we were planning future episodes, we had to stop and go, wait, did we review that Actually, already? Actually, next year, I think, is our 10th year. 
Maybe. Yeah, yeah. 20, 2024, probably. Exactly. Maybe in like the February to April time frame. We should figure that out, uh-huh. Uh, yeah, probably. That'll be a good big yeah, okay. episode. We'll look into it. So that was our feedback. Thank you, JT8479. Ah, thank you, JT. I like both the movies just fine. I think, but you have a perfectly valid point of view there because it's not a bad movie. It's just- It's trash. <laughs> They're all trash. <laughs> it's trash. So Steve, what have you been up to first since I just chatted for a bunch? Oh man, I worked and then I had a three-day weekend- so basically what I've realized is that I have every other weekend off. So if I swing either the Friday or Monday on either side for spending one one day, I can get to get three days off in a row. Oh. Spending like one vacation day. And then also Labor Day is coming up. And so I have that Monday off because uh, I'm not really essential and I've opted not to. Um, and so I asked for the Friday before off as well. And so I have a four-day weekend. Very nice. I spent one day and got four days, so big win. Man, Labor Day's when I'd normally be going to Dragon Con, but not this year after getting married. Can't afford it. Nope. Nope. <laughs> yeah, have your own Dragon Con at home, just dress up like fairies and shit. That's what they do there, right? Yeah. <laughs> there are people that dress up like fairies and shit, in my defense. Sure. Absolutely. There are plenty of fairies. And everything there, else. And at, and at Ren Fairs. <laughs> That's just yeah, true. Fairies, trolls, goblins, Power Rangers. <laughs> they prefer fae-like people. Okay. I like how I went fantasy to science fiction real quick. <laughs> I always wear my Starfleet uniform to run affairs, so it's okay. That's just a big win. It is. So that's your update, huh? Yeah, I had a three-day weekend. I got to go well, – What the problem, my problem is one of the good things that happened that weekend is going to be my radical recommend later. So I don't want to talk about uh, it too much. Okay, gotcha. Right, right. Uh, but just got to spend a good amount of time with the kids and hang out. And today was Joyce's first day of first grade. Oh, wow. That's a big day. So we tried to do like a weekend together and we hosted a birthday party for my mom who turned 70. Very nice. On Monday. So we did we did some family stuff, but we really packed it in. Lots, a lot of firsts coming around, 70 and Oh, my school. gosh. It's crazy. Just crazy. She's so excited to be at school. I'm just excited for her to be tired when she comes home. Oh, yeah. That's some real schooling right there. Getting to first grade. You're getting to the numbers. That's right. And the words. So you get hit with rulers. <laughs> Not by teachers, but by other bigger, meaner children. <laughs> well, that happens in middle school. Yeah. <laughs> well, as for me, I've just been a lot of money stuff after the wedding kind of um, – catching up because we had a lot of repairs to do on Jolie's car, which cost tons of money. Then I got my taxes done from last year because I just hadn't done it yet. And I owe a lot of money, of course, because I didn't pay any in. Um, but I'm not used to making you know a decent amount of money. So now that I'm making a decent amount of money, I owe a lot of money to the government. So this year I'm making a plan to pay in, in segments or to take out automatically when I make money. So I want to owe so much next time. So I, I like to pay taxes. I just... Uh, want to be prepared for it next time. Yeah, uh, I don't want to get kicked in the balls by them. Exactly. And, We're I not sure what ours are going to look like this year because we bought a new home. Oh, we moved across true. the country. I had to cash out a bunch of stock. So it's like it's, it's, it's going to be a, a fun year. We're definitely going to pay someone to do it because I don't. I know I can't figure it well, out. Well, that's why I paid this guy to do it for me because he was recommended to me as a guy who's particularly focuses in the performing arts fields. And so he knows like freelance work and acting work and that kind of stuff pretty well. And what would benefit you the most? There's some tax breaks you can get me for just being a performing artist. Um, and also because I'm just making a lot more money this coming year, which is great. But I also got to make sure I'm paying my taxes and paying everything in. Otherwise, I'll screw myself down the line. So got to do all that. That's right. 
And a friend of the show and my old friend and, and old roommate named Josh, Josh White, he listens to the show occasionally. Uh, we went to play trivia um, a couple nights ago, or last night, I guess, and uh, we got second place. Just the two of us. We were very surprised because both of our significant others are like trivia heads, and they're really smart and well-learned and a lot of different topics. And me and him, are, we're talking about how we're usually the dead weight in the team, and we rocked it. We got second place. So I was like, hey, maybe we're not so bad yeah. after all. <laughs> so. And we got second place when I was there. We're like a second, you're a second yeah. place kind of dude. That's right. I'm That's okay being second place. That still get, gets gift cards for free drinks. Yeah, it's funny because I stopped drinking um, after my wedding and then they gave us a big bucket of free drinks. I'm like, oh, that's great. So we just we took them home, split them up and took them home to our significant others so they could drink them. <laughs> nice. <laughs> but anyways, I think that does it for that weekend update. And so we're going on some nerdy news. Nerdy news. It's time for nerdy news. All right, this week, the cheeky name and cheeky title for my cheeky story is I Love the Nightlife, I've Got to Boogie. <laughs> uh, well, for millions of years, the cycle of night and day has been something that all animals and living creatures have relied on. But in the last 150 years with electricity and more recently uh, high-powered LED lights, uh, well, it's been fucking things up for a whole bunch of animals. That makes sense. Specifically, animals that glow. Uh, in North America, this is primarily some funguses, glowworms, and then, of course, fireflies. Well, I hope you don't like fireflies because we are just screwing them up repeatedly. Uh, science did an experiment with different color lights, LEDs, ambers, and blues, and how they affected fireflies and their ability to mate and find mates. So what normally happens is the female fireflies, they hang out in the tall grass so they don't get eaten by, like, birds and stuff. And the males fly overhead and they flash and they look down and they wait to see a female flash back and then they fly down. Mm -hmm. But with all this light everywhere, uh, essentially, when males look down and they see like LED lights or really bright street lights, whatever, they signal and then they go and there's no mate. So they become like dejected oh. and they try to find mates less and they eventually basically give up. Uh, and with females, they found that they were down on the ground, and as soon as a big bright light comes on, they would no longer signal. Mm. So light pollution from humans is going to kill all the fireflies, guys. Oh, no. It won't even be like real pollution. It won't be toxins that get them. It will be the fact that they can't find themselves in our bright-ass world. Light pollution, basically. Yeah. And that'll ruin that band, Owl City. Their one hit is Fireflies. Ah, oh, man. I had that song stuck in my head for like a week a month ago. Thanks for that. <laughs> His voice is so high, too. It is. Uh, so that's I Love the Nightlife. I've Got to Boogie. That's fantastic. And really sad at the same time. <laughs> that's right. Uh, well, that takes us to our main segment. We're talking about Starship Troopers 3 Marauder. Yeah. Or Marauders. I might be plural. I can't remember. <laughs> well, in this movie, the war rages on. Human weapons are advancing, but so are the bugs. Uh, propaganda from the government is an all-time high, and Johnny Rico is now the long-standing war hero. But it's a big day because not only is his old friend coming and an old fling coming to the base, but the Sky Marshal is visiting. And Rico gets himself arrested for defending the locals from being shot. Uh, and despite the fact that he saved the day, he is still sentenced and sent back to hang. Uh, 
After a terrible defeat and narrow escape, the ship carrying the Sky Marshal gets attacked and marooned on this forbidden planet. Back at like the, the Federation HQ, the second in command fakes the Sky Marshal is missing and does a speech as him with technology. And she just initially claims that it's to maintain stability. But Rico's friend knows there's something more foul afoot. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, we're back with the Maroonies. They find out there are bugs on the planet. And the Sky Marshal is suddenly deeply religious and seemingly hearing God. Rubber. Johnny is about to be hanged, but it is faked. And his friend helps him escape. And it's the same friend who had him arrested. So it makes no sense. <laughs> uh, but back on the planet. Uh, the group gets picked off one after another. The doctors kill what he falls into, like a, a hole that opens up violently. And they look in and there's an eye down there. Uh, we check back in the Federation where Rico mounts a secret rescue mission involving nudity and robots for some reason. <laughs> uh, and then the bad government lady fakes the death of the Sky Marshal and blames it on this peace protester. Um, back on the planet, the cook bites it when he thinks he's hiding in some rocks. They end up being these giant bug appendages. Then it turns out the voice of God the Sky Marshal is hearing is actually some sort of living planet bug god. Uh, they do successfully make it to another dropship, which is then immediately attacked, so it didn't matter. The one remaining soldier is killed, and we see the bug god like rise up out of the ground, and the Sky Marshal it, like, worships him and wants to be part of him. And it turns out the big sky bug god just lured in the marshal to steal all of the tactical information and mm-hmm. all the like their, their equipment information so they can wipe out humans once and for all. Uh, well, for some reason, like this blonde religious woman and the old fling start praying. And then all of a sudden, Johnny Rico and the roughnecks show up in these <laughs> poorly animated mech suits which they use to take out the bugs and eventually the, the bug, they escape the bug God and uh, go into orbit. They nuke the planet, which just blows up the whole planet. Whole planet's gone. There's no repercussions for them at all. Rico's the big hero once more and two characters we didn't give a shit about get married <laughs> and the war marches on and propaganda reigns supreme. Mm-hmm. So is this the first time that you had seen Starship Troopers 3 Marauder? Uh, yes. You had seen this before? Yeah, because I, I love the first one. And the review was that there are some elements in this one from the book, mm-hmm. which is really good. And I really liked uh, very loose, very loose. Um, really, it's the the Marauder um, suits are mentioned in Starship Troopers, but they are not at all what was shown. And the uh, the Q-bomb thing apparently was also mentioned in the books. The- yeah, they're more like they're more like skeletal, like exoskeletal kind of suits that enhance movement and that kind of stuff. Not like mm. full mech suits. Brr, yeah, I'm going to mow down 30 bugs. Yeah. <laughs> uh, We're all fully naked in here. Yeah. For yeah. some reason. Um, I, I, I actually kind of enjoyed this and I do remember it being feeling like the first one in a lot of ways, maybe a little more silly than the first one. Um, I don't I don't think I ever saw the second one. So I've heard that the second one kind of departed from the satire aspect and just tried to be a serious action movie and failed. It was it was more of like a suspense where the bugs it's more like a body snatchers. And it takes Uh, place place. There's not like a lot of big bug fights takes place in a small secluded place like low budget as shit. Gotcha. A character that dies in the first movie is the lead of this one. Wait, of this one? 
an actress. It's not even the same character, I don't think. Which they one? They literally just recast. Uh, in the original Starship Trooper, she plays like the mentor ship captain that teaches Ibanez how to fly and then gets killed by a door, I think, at one point. But who's she playing in this one? She plays like the lead in the second one. Oh, I think in the third one. Okay. Gotcha. No, just the Star Trek lady in this one. They just had to use the same actress for some reason in the second one. For some reason, they used the same actress despite the fact that we watched her die. <laughs> um, but I thought it was really funny. I thought for how low the budget was, which we'll talk about later, it seems the you know the graphics aren't great. But like there's a lot of they try to incorporate a lot of practical effects. So that made it kind of work better for me. I was like, able to forget how bad the bugs looked when they would cut away to like a real bug body that was destroyed or something. I was like, oh, that's a practical body. That's pretty cool. And there's a lot of sets and there's like tons of, of extras and like and all the different newsreel videos and stuff from different locations. So I was like on that note, I do have an issue with one of the one of this, the actual practical effects. Yeah. And that was uh, the the bomb bug that got thrown in mm-hmm. where they opened up and the tail sprung up and they blew up like a grenade. They clearly only got that to work like two times. Because they used the same shot for like six different times these things went off. Oh, I'm not surprised. Because it is so clear to me that they got the take like one time, maybe twice. They're like, that's fine. We got it. And hey, Star Trek did that back in the day. So I'm not going to be angry at it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Good way to save money. Um, I love that Jolene Blaylock was in it. She's the the Vulcan in Star Trek Enterprise and notoriously very good looking. Um little too skinny for me but you know whatever but no i think she just she really just has like severe cheekbones she's very sinewy is this way to put it you know she's very yeah that's that's the sexy word i was looking for <laughs> she's like a skinny person but <laughs> oh, also you know like, i like my women like i like my turkey sinew because <laughs> you you can tell she works out a lot but also has no body fat so she's just like you can see like right. the muscle fibers um but but I thought she acted very well. She outside of being a Vulcan, and she was kind of a badass. And like I could see her being in like a Linda Hamilton kind of, you know, Terminator kind of role. And I'm sad that she only got this movie and Enterprise. She she, she could have done more. I think she was really good in this, and she was the real lead of this movie. If you think about it, if any, yeah, if anything, it felt like the weakness of the movie is that they didn't invest more in her part of the story. Yeah, I agree. Like it should have been mostly that. And then the boyfriend should like Johnny Rico shouldn't have been in it, but they clearly were happy they had Casper Van Dien back. Right. And so he and he got to do like what he wanted, which was really not that much. Yeah. Realistically, he kind of played a one note character and, and <laughs> that kind of things that I didn't like is that moves into that a little bit that they were all kind of one dimensional characters and you don't really like anybody. There's not no one who's very likable in this whole movie. Yeah. Um, you got the friend who like got too drunk and pissy, and after seeing his for thirty years, like got him hanged. Yeah, and it's like, like he's supposed to be Jolene Blaylock's like love interest, but then he's a terrible guy, and we're never shown a reason why she's in love with him. And so when she's like, "I love you," like we don't understand why or care. Like, and you saw like you said they get married at the end, and like, why are you marrying him? Who? Why? What is going? Well, on? Well, also it started out on like a really fucked up note in that. Him and Johnny Rico are like really good friends in the old days. He's probably mentioned Johnny Rico and she hasn't said anything up to this point. That that true. Yes. <laughs> like because the guy is surprised when he's like, you two really like <laughs> even though we've been dating and I'm about to ask you to marry me like. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that felt dumb. It just felt like there was one too many main characters. And I. You know, I think what it could have been was, uh, you know. 
she's the one that frees him and fakes his thing and they escape together, but they get, they go and they catch up with the president who gets his B plot. That's been running this whole friggin' time without them. They don't need them for this B plot. Uh, and she's like, I'm going to go after the president. You go to the secret bunker and get whatever the fuck this prototype military equipment was. And he'd still get to come in at the end and save her with the mech suit. Yeah, exactly. Like it still would have worked. She has the inside information of where that, that place is or you can get the mech suits. So that would have been better with, right. we didn't need Dick's character at all. Was actually yeah, we didn't need him. And then Casper and Dean and her could have gotten together at the end, which was clearly what probably should have happened realistically. Yeah, they had more chemistry on screen the whole time than Dixon. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I had – so I, I agree, though. Hers was the better part of the movie, and I wish more had been focused around it. And, like, I, I think the fact that we're even talking about these character dynamics at all shows that this this wasn't a at terrible – That this wasn't a terrible movie. Like, it was – And mind you, some of the acting did fall flat. Yes. Um, And some of the writing specifically surrounding the religious elements – of it, like Very the really clunky. religious female character were clunky and really overboard and didn't escalate. Like they started big and then were big. And then at the end they were big. Um, <laughs> and then I couldn't tell if they were making fun of religion at the end or like embracing it. Cause they had all this ridiculous symbolism with the, the hand of God touching, you know, the hand of humans. And then they, they cut to her when she gets back on the ship, the religious lady, and she has her thing over her head like mother mary you know like it was like are you serious they're going this heavy handed here like are they being serious that's supposed to be funny because they're going so over the top with it i just didn't know where they're going with that and and mind you there's some other good acting throughout um the um the president like the sky marshal yeah he was really good i thought he was good he sold it he went for it and he did the singing uh, the woman and everything. Who played the like <laughs> the vice sky marshal who betrayed him she's like a notable actress who's been in some stuff i've she seen her well things yeah um, so I think what I said to you holds true as we talk about it, which is like, this movie is both better and worse than I remember it being. Exactly. And like partially of that was also the storylines. You said it was hard to follow the, to go with the story and write it down for yourself because the story was kind of all over the place. And like with the vice, a uh, sky marshal lady, was she always bad or was she kind of good because she took Dick's instead of killing him, she took him to the secret place to show him the the brain thing and then it's like was she in on that the whole time to like for the good of humanity or was it just to it's just confusing if she was always bad or if she was good and it wasn't explained like it was very strange um see so yeah, that was trash and all the actors who are the maroony people they were all pretty awful like not good actors <laughs> so it was like yeah i mean and a lot of the soldiers in the beginning his second in command that woman had like oh that was the terrible. weirdest accent i looked her up uh, she's uh, a South African actress because a lot of this was filmed in South Africa. That's where that accent was so, from. Wow. Yeah, because I had to sit and go, "What? Is, it sounds like Swedish mixed with Italian, I she was Russian, or something." <laughs> yeah, exactly. I but I literally had to stop what I was doing and look it up because I was so confused by this accent. Wow, I was too. Apparently, it was Afri- Afrikaans. But I'd say in general, just because that, and also that awesome song. Today is a good day to die, or whatever it was. It was really, right. it was so funny and over the top and great. I think this movie is is actually really fun to watch compared to some movies we had to watch for this this show. So, uh, oh, re- absolutely, I'd recommend I would it. absolutely agree with that. If anything, it felt like a two part TNG episode almost. Yeah, I can see that. Like pretty decent quality, like for they did a lot with the money they had and the special effects they had available to them. So I, I'm like, I'm surprised it was as good as it was. <laughs> um. 
So if we're done talking about it, some trivia, not too much. Oh, hit me with that trivia. So as you mentioned earlier, the Marauder and the Q-Bomb, which is originally called the Nova Bomb, were actually elements in Robert Hyland's um, book um, that some fans were happy were in this because they weren't in the first movie. Um, The original Starship Troopers in 97 had a $105 million budget, um, and it was directed by Paul Verhoeven, who did uh, RoboCop. Um, and, but this, and then it was slashed to $6 million for Starship Troopers 2, Hero of the Federation, in 2004. But this third installment got $3 million more at $9 million. And, but that, moved, that money went a lot further because it was filmed in South Africa, as Stephen mentioned. So they were able to do a lot with their money. Uh, Jolene Blaylock has expressed in multiple interviews that she would be more than willing to reprise her role as Lola Beck in future installments should the opportunity arise, which I don't think it's going to. <laughs> this was a direct-to-DVD release in the USA, surprising no one. And uh, during the biometric scan scene, um, where there's seven marauders naked um, being scanned for their, their marauder suits, the sound effect is the same that is emitted from the flying machines in the original War of the Worlds from 1953. They reused it, which is pretty interesting. Um, director, directorial debut of Edward Neumeyer, who's the guy who wrote the original screenplay for Starship Troopers and Starship Troopers 2. Uh, so he wrote both those screenplays and then he got to direct this third one. So good for him. I hope his career has gone somewhere since then. He also wrote and I think for, co-produced uh, multiple of the RoboCops. Well, that makes sense. No wonder yeah. Paul Verhoeven liked him, I guess. So, yeah, that is uh, that's Starship Troopers 3, folks. Hope you enjoyed nice. it. Nice. Does that take us on to a bit? A bit. A game. This is called Ooh. Cringe Catchphrase Cinema. So what we're going to do here, Steve, is we are going to play some clips from movies of notoriously bad dialogue and just badly okay. delivered performances. Okay. okay. And you're going to try to guess... Uh, what movie it's from, and if you can get a movie, what kind of what kind of age range is this in? It's with the exception of one. I don't want you to go too deep, but I just want to know, like, is, is like movies from fifties and sixties, and I'm just fucked. Only one of them is before okay nineteen ninety. Okay. okay, I can deal with that. I can deal okay. With that. I try to keep it pretty fair, but yeah. All right, good. I appreciate that. There might be one from the eighties, but any older. There's a whole angle of cinema that I have nothing on. Basically, it's anything totally before nineteen seventy, it's nothing. Right. Unless it's like really famous, I wouldn't necessarily put it in, but there's one before that you might not get, but it's it's a fun one. All right. So I'm excited. Let's hear it. And if you can guess the I'm character ready. slash actor who's saying the line, you get a bonus point. All right. Okay. So I'm looking for the movie and then the character or actor for a bonus point. Exactly. All right. Let's do it. All right. Here's the first one. Just in case we get killed, I wanted to tell you, you have the biggest dick I've ever seen on a man. Thanks. <laughs> Um, Police Academy. <laughs> That's a good guess, but this one might be an unfair one. It's called Showdown in Tokyo. I had not seen this movie. Yeah, why the no fucking way? Are you fucking kidding me? All right, this one is the only one that's before 1990. Okay, here we okay. go. One thing's sure. Inspector Clay's dead. Murdered. And somebody's responsible. I don't know. I got nothing. I have zero. <laughs> That's Plan Nine from Outer Space, <laughs> a notoriously right. bad movie. All right, this one is from a TV show, but this is a pretty famous, horribly okay. delivered, stupid line. Here we go. Wait a minute. This isn't my world. 
Disappointed! <laughs> I have no idea. Sliders. I'm going to go with sliders. The right time frame. So this base. Sliders. This is from Hercules, The Legendary Journeys. And uh, the notorious okay. story behind this line is that they wrote in the script um, the stage direction that he's disappointed when he says the next line following that. But they forgot to put like in the right font. So he thought it was his dialogue. So he just went, disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> and they kept it in the final cut. That's genius. Anyways, here's the next. You might have seen this movie randomly. Okay. But maybe not. Okay, cocksucker. Fuck with me. And we'll see who shits on the sidewalk. <laughs> I don't. Uh, These are a bit uh, hard. I'm sorry. Miss Saigon. <laughs> the musical. <laughs> no, it's from uh, Death Race. It was like, mm, I guess, 2002, I, I 2004. Yeah, Jason Statham. Yeah. Yeah. All yeah. right. This this one is. Okay. I'll give you a hint to this one. It is before no, 1990. I don't want to hear anything. You want to hear anything? Just play it. Just play, here we go. It's also kind of famous. They're eating her. And then they're going to eat me. Oh, my God! Is that frogs? Close. I'm going to give you one more guess because that's really close. Trolls. I don't know. Yes, Troll 2. I'm giving you troll a point two. for that one. All right. Yeah. <laughs> All right, here we go. Frogs has some shit in it like that, too. So It's true. <laughs> you have nice legs, Lisa. <laughs> you have nice pets. <laughs> I'm tired. I'm wasted. I love you, darling. <laughs> Come on, make love to me. Oh. Come on, you owe me one. <laughs> What's that from? I'm going to go with Saved by the Bell. <laughs> Is that not Screech? No, I I could have sworn uh, you had seen this. Maybe you haven't. It's from The Room. Yeah, I mean, one time, maybe a decade ago. <laughs> I've watched that movie like a hundred times. I know. There are people that are just diehard about it. I get it. It's so bad. I'm so These are so hard, but I love that you're getting them all wrong. I love it. <laughs> all right. I'm just going to keep guessing Saved by the Bell till we end. So. All right. Here's a hint for this one. You're not going to get it, but it's too good not to include. That's a good hint. Unexhausted. Yeah, me too, but... You know, I'm really wired. What do you say I take you home and eat your pussy? <laughs> Can you tell me who the actor is? So the actor is John Barrowman from Torchwood, but it's not a... And I got... I don't know what that is. I don't get it. <laughs> I'm going to say that's an, an episode of Buffy the Vampire It's a movie. <laughs> There's only one TV the show. Movie, the movie Buffy oh, the Vampire okay. Slayer. <laughs> it's from uh, Shark Attack 2 Megalodon. <laughs> oh, my fuck. Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> it's so... I want to hear that one more time. Hold on. I'm exhausted. Yeah, me too, but... You know, I'm really wired. What do you say? The real I question is, does that work? Pussy? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it goes right into the sex scene immediately. <laughs> And the funny thing is that actor is, is notoriously he's gay, but uh, it's just like grotesque sex scene with somebody. Anyways, uh, it was a sci-fi original movie. I'm sure it was. All Sounds right. Original. So um, here's one you might know. Maybe we'll see. Oh, my God. Let's do it. I don't think we should. Are you a Mexican or a Mexicant? 
that was Johnny Depp. Yes. And he's, I don't remember his character's name, but he ends up blind at the end. Mm-hmm. And this was from a movie I went and saw on a date. Remember this, the one where the girl's mom came with us? Oh, Sat yeah. Sat behind us and scared me? This was The Mexican. Close. Once upon a time no, in Mexico. In Mexico. God damn there it. There was a movie called The Mexican, but that was with Brad Pitt. That was I think. in the same time. God damn it. Piece of shit. <laughs> I'll give it to you. You had the Mexican. I feel like the Johnny title. Depp was in that one too, though. I'm going to look this possible. up. <laughs> oh, my God. Are you looking that up? I am. I feel there's some additional actor that, for whatever reason, I'm going to die for Johnny Depp, but you are right. I'm probably conflating these two movies. I think they came out around the same time. Simmons, Gene Hackman, James Gandolfini. No, there's no one else I should be. So I'm just conflating two movies. Mm. All right. Here's like, no, J.K. Simmons. He's good. He's a good actor. Here's your uh, second to last one. Where are you going? It's turkey time. Huh? This is notoriously one of the worst movies of the 2000s. So, but it's a with big list with actors that, in it. With that clue, with that clue in mind, and who I think the actress is, mm-hmm. who is, oh, damn, of course, I'm just not remembering her name right now. Are you fucking kidding me, Steve? Um, Halle Berry, and so therefore, I think it's probably Catwoman. No, and you were wrong on the actress, but the voice oh, does sound it? similar. It sounds like Halle Berry. It it's does. actually Jennifer Lopez. Does that help you at Geely. all? Yes. <laughs> Geely. Let me give you that God point. Damn it. God damn all right, it. here's the last one. You got to think of recent memories for this one. Uh, oh, my fuck. What does it take to win your business today? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'll give you that and 50% discount. Can we close the deal today? Can I place your order today? Great, thanks. We appreciate your business. Woohoo! <laughs> uh, I'm gonna say that's the classic Wall Street. No, <laughs> <laughs> so close. Uh, I can feel it. That one is Birdemic. <laughs> oh my fuck! But I think you got a uh, five I points. I got maybe half a point there. Maybe you got. I'm gonna give you five points for that whole thing uh, out of a possible ten. Oh, good. No, actually, I, possible I think, twenty. Actually, I, think I got Johnny Depp. I think that's literally the only thing I got. Johnny Depp. Game. I gave you the Once Upon a Time in Mexico. I gave you the Geely. Um, you shouldn't have given me either of those. <laughs> <laughs> um, and you got, I gave you the frogs troll. and then trolls. I gave you trolls. Oh my God. Uh, so, so yeah, I earned none of that people. I give it back to our fans. <laughs> All of my points are yours. Oh man. But that, that was, it was hard, but it was fun though. The journey it's more about the journey it than the destination. points socialism in here. <laughs> well, that takes us to some radical recommends. If you have the means, I highly recommend picking one up. What do you recommend I do? I recommend Pleasant. All right. This week for Radical Recommends, I'm going to talk about something that we actually reviewed the trailer for, for, and that's TMNT, Mutant Mayhem. Mm. Uh, Joyce was invited to a birthday party, I guess, this past weekend or the one before, and we got to go to a movie theater and eat popcorn and watch Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles with a whole bunch of kids. 
And it was incredibly surreal to realize that I was taking my daughter to see a TMNT movie at about the same age that I was taken to see my first oh, TMNT movie. That's true. Very surreal. Very surreal. Um, but the movie itself was very good. It was unexpected. The plot is not what you're expecting in the best way. Nice. Um, it is a movie that I would love for them to make more of. Um, well-written, the kid actors, they got actual like teenage kid actors to do it. And they had them basically improv in studio and joke around with each other. And they just recorded it. Hmm. And a lot of it ends up in the movie and it makes it feel incredibly organic. And it leans into the fact that like 13, year, 13 and 14 year olds are teenagers too. That's true. Like that's really what they're aiming at here. Nice. Um, I hope there's more and I recommend everyone see it. So you want sequels? I would I would watch a bunch of these if if they can maintain some level of quality close to that one. Yeah, like I love Ninja Turtles as a kid. And so if they have actual good ones, I'll be excited to watch it. So this is really fresh. The comedy is really good. And I, as an adult, enjoyed it. Joyce and her friends dug it. It was great. Nice. That sounds awesome. Good recommend. Yeah. Well, that takes us to some uh, trailer reviews. All right, this time around, we're talking about Wonka, the third come out of Willy Wonka to theaters that we're having in our lives. Um, yep, just so, like the Spider-Mans. The Spider-Mans. Um, yeah, so basically, it looks like the origins of Wonka, where he came from, how he became a chocolatier, how he gets his shop, that kind of thing, going through the, the cycles. So uh, what do you think of the trailer, Steve? Um, I don't know. I feel like in... You know, the fact that even our one last week saw was an origin story. I feel like that's the last ground that a lot of movies and franchises have to retread. And they're doing it with very varying success. You've yeah. seen so many prequels in the last five to ten years because these storylines are stretched out. They can't keep doing them. And so the only way to do it is to go and in, literally go into the past and tell some stories so they can tell something fresh. Um. Of course, I want this to be good. I, I like Timothy Chalamet. I think he's a, a gifted actor. I like the vision, like the visuals I'm seeing in here look like somebody had a very clear vision for this film, very much like the original with Gene, uh, Gene Wilder. Um, but I don't know. I'm kind of done with this prequel crap. It feels it looks and feels very Harry Potter-esque. And I think there are some yes. Harry Potter people working on it. I think I saw some producer names pop up and stuff. Um and it's directed by the person who did um, the, what's that, Mister Paddington Bear or whatever that movie. Oh yeah. Um, but uh, so that's what I think is I think it looks great. The dialogue doesn't sound forced. It sounds like it's written really well. Um, great cast. My thing is I don't like Timothy Chalamet, and it's one of those rare occasions where I've seen him in interviews and I can't stand him. He seems really pretentious and full of himself and. Just I would never want to hang out with them. And that sucks how that ruins movies for me with actors and actresses. But like you see Tom Hanks in an interview and you're like, I want to see every movie he's in because he's just such a nice guy, you know, like and I want him to hug me. I want him to be my father. Uh, but it's just like but then Timothy Chalamet is an interview and he's just like a pretentious little douche. And I'm like, I don't think I want to see him in anything. So I'll try to get past that because I think this actually does look high quality because you're right. There's a lot of misfires of these prequels and sequels and everything yeah, so much. But the writing actually seems good and not corny and they did it right. And the cast is crazy. It's got Olivia Coleman, Hugh Grant 
as an Oompa Loompa. Um, Keegan-Michael Key, who I love, and Rowan Atkinson, Mr. Bean, um, in there were playing a role. So it could be and really It doesn't good. look like, from a storyline perspective, it doesn't look like they're telling anything that hasn't been told before in that regard. Yeah. Like, there's he's an underdog. He's messing with the status quo. He makes a jumble of friends along the way who identify with him as he fights the status quo. The status quo pushes back, and there's a final confrontation. But guess who saves him? The jumble of wacky friends he made along the way. And that's how he becomes Willy Wonka. Like, <laughs> Willy Wonka. Willy Wonka. With some uh, magic. So, with magic for some reason. And they're definitely playing music from the first movie, underscoring it, the original so they're kind of well, ignoring the Tim Burton, whatever the hell that was with Johnny Depp. Yeah, here's the thing. Not every part of the Tim Burton one was bad. It yeah. just did not end up it did not add up to a good movie. I think that you're right that they when you do sequels slash remakes, you're worried you're have a danger of treading on people's nostalgia and they get upset. Whereas with this one, they have a little more freedom because it's a prequel. Right. And they can be like, well, we can pretend this is just young Gene Wilder, you know, this is just what he did before he became Willy Wonka, as opposed to thinking about it being something destroying your childhood or something, you know? So, right. Um, yeah, I think it, it could be a good one to take to the kids too. You know, now you got a first grader. Yeah, I guess that's crazy. Yeah. You can show her the original first if she has the patience for it. Cause older movies, kids usually don't, but so I'm going to give this one. Raul Julia. Here's a noise down in the kitchen at night and he puts on his bathroom. He wanders downstairs and he fumbles for the light on the kitchen wall and he turns it on and there's Gary Busey, just buck ass naked at the stove. <laughs> And he's got a pot on and he's like, I'm making chocolate. And he's just pouring Hershey's chocolate syrup into this pot. (laughs) And Raul can smell it. And he's about to say something. He goes, just clean it up before the morning. And he flips the light off and just leaves Gary Busey naked in the the kitchen. (laughs) And my review for this trailer is right after that happens, Raul Julia is starting to walk away. And all of a sudden he hears from behind him, Raul, turn around. He looks back and he sees Gary Busey standing up straight, looking totally sane. He's like, this was all a test. You've done so well putting up with everything I put you through over the years. I'm going to give you my chocolate factory. And he's like, damn it, not again, <laughs> Gary. You don't have a chocolate factory. You get nothing. Good day, sir. <laughs> good day, sir. <laughs> I said good day. Oh, you're right, Rob. I'm sorry. I'm just playing with you. I don't have no factory. <laughs> <laughs> All right, just clean up the kitchen before you come upstairs. Yes, Raul, I will. Stop it! You don't talk like that. Cut that out. Um, okay, that's fair. That's a fair review. Yeah, yeah. That brings us to the end of episode 178 of A Play on Nerds. Join us next week when we bring back that great classic, Break Out the Towers, Roll the D20s, 10s, and a couple others, and bring back Nerd Roll of Fortune. Oh, yeah where a computer-generated list will determine what we talk about here on A Play on Nerds. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be awesome. Come on back for that. Be our nerdy audience. We will come on back for that and be your nerdy co-hosts. Thanks again, Internet. Stay nerdy, my friends. Thanks for listening to A Play on Nerds. Feel free to email feedback at aplayonnerds.com with all your questions or comments. Shoot us a message on Facebook or Twitter and earn yourself a sweet shout out on the show. Review us on YouTube, Spotify, or Apple Podcasts so even more nerds can find us. Tell your friends, tell your enemies, we aren't picky. Check out our entire back catalog and other offerings at aplayonnerds.com. And how? How?